Hello, Internet, and welcome to Steam Cleaners, presented by the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Wassenaar, and each week, I and my lovely co-host play a game that we haven't played before on this show, and we talk about that game, what we liked, what we didn't like, and everything in between. Um, And, you know, typically they're different games, but this last month, those of you who have been listening regularly know that Walter and I have been synced up a bit. Uh, and we're going to talk one more time about a singular game together. And so I, I might as well uh, introduce you here. Walter, how you doing, buddy? I am doing very well. I have uh, I have returned from a vacation uh, to go to a wedding in Nashville. Uh, did a lot of hiking. Did a bunch of hiking. Uh, even forayed my way down slightly into Georgia uh, to go to Lookout Mountain to do some hiking there. Uh, and, and swung through Alabama so I can now you know, cross Alabama off my states to visit list and never go back there again because <laughs> I can't think of any reason I would ever need to be in the state of Alabama. Uh, so I, I don't know. I didn't do the math off the top of my head, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I've been to like 44, 45 states out of the 50. I, I, I got a pretty good list going here. So, uh, nice. But yeah, it was, it was very nice. How have you been, Chase? You know, I've been... Uh, I have, I've, it's been a, it's been a very interesting, uh, week or two for me. I, I'm very excited about some, uh, YouTube projects, some streaming projects that I've been working on behind the scenes for a while. I, I don't believe that anything will air between now and the next episode. So I'll, I'll hold off. This is a teaser of a teaser, if you will. Um, but certainly be sure to check out our, our social media page and, this feed because i have some some fun plans on the horizon um some fun board games that came in recently that i'm excited to bring to the table but most importantly walter it's world season and world season we have an anthem a new anthem gods by new jeans uh and i i want to get your thoughts here what did you think about uh this uh, you know, New Jeans obviously like the most popular K-pop group right now, but I feel like the anthem was very different than what you probably envision when you think of that. Where did you come down on the song? They're the most popular K-pop group on the planet. They've had three number one singles this year. Yeah. Well, you know me, Chase. I am a huge purveyor of K-pop. I call me a K-pop <laughs> connoisseur of some sort, and I have to say the tonality which they show in the second... I have no idea. I'd never, ever heard of them. And I just kind of went into it being like, okay, yeah, it's in Korea. Like, they're going to choose a K-pop group. It's going to be a world song. Um, And in order for me to accurately kind of rank this song, because you and I listened to it, you know, when it when it came out, we listened to it and talked about a few things together, and, and I was pretty, pretty high on it. But I realized I hadn't listened to the other themes in quite a while right? It, it'd been a while. So I spent most of today, if I was listening to music, listening to the previous themes, I listened to Ignite once just to remind myself that it's the worst anthem they've ever made. And <laughs> I can confirm Ignite is the worst anthem they've ever made. And to kind of like redo my rankings and try and figure out where God's placed in it. And um, I, I'm going to say, and, and you being the K-pop expert out of the two of us, it doesn't sound like what I would imagine a K-pop song to be. And in all honesty, they could have just used like Against the Current again. And I don't think the song would have been any different. 
it would not have drawn as many people to watch the uh, performance for the opening ceremony for the World Championship Finals, though. Because I got to tell you, man, there will be people who are showing up to the main event for the World's Finals who are like, man, what's this esports game during during my New Jeans concert? Um, that and will you happen. know they're only going to play one song, right? I I don't think the New Jeans fans care, man. I think there are a lot of people out there who are just happy to see New Jeans do New Jeans things. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's it was very interesting. It wasn't really a um, a performance that you would expect from like a K-pop group. I, I I think the fact that there wasn't any Korean in the lyrics was a very interesting choice by Riot. Um, I, you know, English is obviously a more popular language, but I think we're at a point now where we've seen enough songs cross over. People will read subtitles. It'd be fine, actually. Um, and it'd mean that more than two of the five members could actually show off their skills. But ultimately, right, a world's anthem needs to evoke a theme. It needs to, to hit that like grandiose energy that gets you pumped up for the actual event you're about to watch. It needs to be able to play in between matches and get you ready for the next game. Um, and it needs to uh, have a theme that resonates with people. And I'm sure you will agree with me on this. I thought the, the decision to highlight Def's story was a really good one. Uh, it reminded me of, of Rise in all the best ways for that reason. And it's one of the reasons I think Gods is going to stick with me on a visual level. Because even if you don't care about this particular visual style, um, it, it's telling a story that I think will resonate with any longtime esports fan especially. Yeah, I think that is one thing that we sort of take for granted with the themes. And I and as I got a little bit more granular in my rankings, I did go back and actually watch the videos because there's a difference in, in being a very, very good song, um, but having basically like no bearing or influence on like esports or having any story to tell in regards to esports. And then also having these incredible visuals uh, to that are sort of complemented by the song that are sort of telling the story. And I think choosing Deft to be the background for this uh, world's anthem and, and the video itself, there, there was no other choice given how much the narrative was pushed during that world championship cycle and how much it was about, does Deft finally get one? Uh, and all the little Easter eggs. I know Shakarez did a great breakdown on his Twitter where he, you know, kind of went through and like this Easter egg, this Easter egg. And, and some of them are as simple as like, oh, there's a Teemo poster on his wall. And other things are, you know, more in depth of like, oh, yeah, he actually got blown up by uh, by uh, Pawn playing Jace. And it was the, the hammer, you know, the hammer strike to the skies that actually like killed him in that moment. Like things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it was an incredible choice. Um, and, and thematically and visually, this is definitely up there with Rise. Um, and I think it's very telling that the visual aspects of it, when they have focused on the one real big narrative that was sort of pushed during the previous world's, uh, uh, world cycle, that the visuals and the storytelling of the video itself is so compelling. It's always interesting going on League Twitter after the anthem comes out because you'll get a certain amount of people who are just going to be hyped no matter what happens. And then you get people like us who I think are very hardwired to appreciate those esports stories and the kind of like anthem style, if you will, um, that have, in my opinion, made up the best of, of the theme songs. You know, it has a, you know, there's certainly some, some 
commonalities across them, but they have this kind of epic theme to them um, and hit the scale of what an anthem could be. Um, and then you have people who want and want the world song to be something different every year, want something that's more like a song than an anthem. And I always find that fascinating um, because I, I think that, you know, obviously you're never going to make everyone happy with any music choice that you make. That's just not the way the music works. But it, it's a very interesting divide in what people want from an anthem and what anthems they prefer over the course of the last decade, I think, says a lot about what they prioritize in terms of what they want the song to be and what themes they want it to hit. So let's work our way up, Walter. I, I want you to give me, uh, we're just going to quick fire this because I don't think we need to go into every song necessarily. Um, but uh, give me your your 10 to 1, and after each one, I'll tell you where it is on my list. Uh, so 10 is obviously Ignite. Yep, that's my number 10 as well. It, it, it is by far the worst one. Uh, shame shame on you, Zed. Uh, at number 9, I actually have Warriors. Wow! That's my number 5 right now. What, what happened to Warriors for you? I, I just think it... <sighs> I think it's gotten overplayed. I think that it was definitely a song that like Imagine Dragons kind of like then pulled out and like commercialized and it was all over the place. I've seen it a lot with wrestling, you know, whether it's uh, actually be used by WWE for things or whether it's just like fan made highlight videos and stuff. And it just feels overplayed to me. And when I went back and listened to all these songs, Warriors was the one that I was like, I've heard this song a thousand times and I'm just mm. I, I just wasn't wasn't feeling it today. That's fair. I I benefit from not watching a lot of uh, wrestling highlight videos on YouTube, I suppose, on that front. Well, what's your number eight? Uh, I have TakeOver. Okay, that's my number seven. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's fine, it's right? It, it's different, right? I, I think one of the things you'll find is that so many of these songs are female uh, lead, you know, leads um, that... It's nice just to hear it like a male voice, right? And it's, I know it, it, they don't do anything special with it. It's a very kind of generic, bland song, but I don't know. It's it's like nice to go through there and be like, oh, there's a dude singing instead of like a, a woman that's in the same vocal octave as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, seven, it just I have Worlds on the Collide. chorus for me. Yeah. Sorry, please yeah. continue. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, seven, I have Worlds Collide. That is my number six. I think it's the most generic out of the, like, female vocal leads. Um, I have Burn It All Down at number six. That's my number nine. Fair. It's it's fine. It's generic. It's it's the most boring, I think, of all the, the world songs to me. It, like, Ignite's trying to be something different. It's just bad at it. Um, Burn It All Down is not trying to be anything, which is, I think, the where I... I, I find my animosity towards it but you still have another six so clearly something resonated with you there yeah i i still like it i still think it's a i think it's a pretty good song i i would put it on a playlist and listen to it uh number five i have star walking that's my number eight okay interesting why so low it's a it's just a mediocre little nas x song like little nas x is a fine performer and i think it fits well into his repertoire is like something i would put on a rotation and not really think about very much it does not hype me up for an esports event it doesn't hype me like it doesn't make me excited to go watch these teams compete it's it's just a little nas x song 
It's a cool animation, but I don't know. It doesn't doesn't fulfill the blueprint for me. Reasonable, reasonable. Uh, number four, I have Phoenix. That is my number four as well. Okay. Uh, number three, I have Gods. Okay. That's where I'm putting it right now as well. Um, only because I need more time. I, I, I think putting anything in my top three requires it to be immediately great. Putting anything in my top two means that it stands the re-listen test, which Gods just needs more time for. I, I also can imagine that finals performance. There's going to be a chorus doing that God stuff, and it's going to be fucking wicked. Like, yeah. I have no doubt that this finals performance will probably be the best in-person performance done by a group. Um, but, like, we have to get there first. And I can definitely see, like, some of the usage of this song in these, like, clips of these transitions between games or whatever. Or setting, like, doing a highlights video to it after all of Worlds. Like, I can definitely see that. I, I, I do think it's a good song, but I do have it at number three. That's fair. I think we might have the same top three, then. What's your number two? Legends Never Die. That is my number two as well. Uh, Which makes Rise number one. Yeah. I what Like, nothing's ever going to touch Rise, right? Rise is so... It, it's a perfect song, and it's a perfect story that they're telling. And I think what Gods does by following Deft is basically just doing, you know, following what they already did with Ambition, right? Yeah. Like, they, they already did that. And I think it was so effective and so good that when they have these moments of people like finally cresting, finally getting over the hump and winning a title, like what happens when an EU or North American team wins worlds? Like that is just going to be completely all about that team and what they've accomplished. Right. It'll be, it'll be incredible. Um, at least for a Western fan. Right. And I just think like narratively rise does such a good job. And then like legends never die is like, that feels like an anthem for an esports, the esporting event, right? Like that's what this is about—is becoming like a le you know a legend of esports, a legend in League of Legends. Um, and I and just think like it, it's themed well. And, and some of it, I think, like you can't divorce the theme song from the year in which it came out, right? Like Legends Never Die is made a thousand percent better by the fact that it was the worlds that Faker lost. It was the time we saw Faker cry as Legends Never Die was playing. There, you can't divorce the theme from that moment. It's so evocative of, of this just moment in time that if you were there for, it was, it was a changing of the guard. It was a new era in which the unstoppable Demon King was no longer unstoppable. And that does affect, like, how I think about a song. You know, these things don't exist in a vacuum. And, and God's final ranking will be determined by whether or not we see something that lives up to that moment. I, I think that, you know, I, well, well, I'm not sure that European or North American championships ever going to happen. Um, I, I do agree with you that nothing's ever going to top Rise because not only did Rise do it first, but Rise did it in a way where, you know, talking to Ed, Eduardo Stuckrath, friend of the podcast, he didn't even remember it was Ambition's story. Like the animation was so good. And the champion effects were so well done that he was able to enjoy it without that. And that incredible balance is something I think is very tough to hit. Um, 
But man, oh man, I I just I am so hyped for Worlds. I want to to ask a thousand things about where uh, you think this uh, event is going to go, Walter. But here's the thing: this is not a League of Legends podcast. We did one of those in the past. We've moved on to a larger gaming podcast. And what have we been playing this week, buddy? What what is uh, captivated our attention such that we needed to close out this trilogy of us playing the same game together. Captivate is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, that what happened was we had one of the three games we both were like super all in on. Like, yeah, absolutely. Penny Larson, we want to play that. And then Stray Gods, you were like, hey, Walter, I want to play this game. And I finally was just kind of like, yeah, you talked about it enough. It's been, you know, advertised to me enough. Like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then I sort of did the same thing to you. I was like, hey, hey, hey you want to try and play WrestleQuest? Like, are you interested in WrestleQuest? And I, I feel like you got worn down enough where you're like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, so we played WrestleQuest. We played WrestleQuest. It is a role-playing video game uh, that is uh, pro-wrestling themed. But I would say it's more like a turn-based uh, JRPG, right? That's kind of like the game style of it. It is a, um, you know, like a, a one of the older Fire or um, uh, Final Fantasy games, right? Like, a, it, I'm getting... it's a Chrono Trigger. That's yeah, it, Chrono it's Trigger. Chrono Trigger, but wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and like that's a neat idea. And and I will say, I'm kind of burnt out on like normal wrestling games. I'm kind of burnt out on the like simulation arcadey style stuff. And I was like, Hey, what, like, maybe I want to do a story, like a career mode. And that's kind of what I was thinking of. Um, WrestleQuest is, is not really a career mode. Um, it's not like you don't get to make your own wrestler, right? You're, you're given these two characters and you're sort of following their careers and, uh, their paths as they are aiming to win championship titles uh and uh all of them are action figures um you're you're in like a toy box essentially you're you're it's all toys um it's all action figures and stuffed animals and and things like that um which is a very like interesting style choice right it's a it's an 8-bit um animation and, and design scheme um you know kind of pixelation uh, you know pixel kind of uh chiptune music and it is very much trying to remind you of like the the snes dreamcast you know kind of era of video games mm-hmm. yeah and and there's a lot to love about that style of game right like whether you're coming at it from a chrono trigger perspective or Another game that I've seen it compared to is Paper Mario, right? In terms of its ability to have kind of these basic attacks and then the, the super attacks that are utilized for it, um, as well as kind of the, the crowd management feature that came in uh, Thousand Year Door. Uh, because, of course, if you're going to have a wrestling game, you have to hype the crowd up. You have to get the audience behind you in order to do the most damage and to get the most rewards for your victory. Um it's definitely, you know, it's a genre that I think both of us enjoy. Um, but definitely, for me, like, even if I'm not as big on wrestling games as you have been historically on this show, it, it's a theme that seemed very fun. It was very evocative of, like, this, you know, watching your toys fight each other for, you know, these uh, 
you know, for whatever uh, kind of league moment you created for yourself back when you were a kid, um, that nostalgia factor really coming in here and, you know, a, a combat system that I thought did a great job. So, you know, let's, let's kind of talk about this step-by-step -step here. Upon booting up the game and uh, getting a chance to kind of experience it for the first time, what was the stuff that really stuck with you? And was like, this, this could be a game that I could see myself uh, playing for, for a while. I, I really enjoyed the wrestling part of it, right? The, the, they are very reverential. Um, and they are using classic wrestlers, right? Andre the Giant is in here. Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Like, I am, I am so curious and, and hope that maybe one day there's a no clips you know, documentary about the creation of this game and how they convinced all of these old wrestlers or their families to allow them to be included into this game. Because it's not like, oh, you know, you're playing, one of the characters you play as is the muchacho man, right? And you go like, oh, well, that's obviously a Randy Savage, you know, homage. Well, Randy Savage is in the game, folks. Like, he's actually not, you know, actually actually him but like his character is in the game andre the giant is in the game not like andrade the giant no it's andre the giant it is jake the snake roberts it is all of these very classic wrestlers that you kind of go like holy shit they're in a video game and it's not like wwe sanctioned this is crazy um and there's a real love to it right they're they're not they're not like just taking advantage of these names and putting them all over it and be like, oh, you can interact with, you know, D Diamond Dallas Page or anything. Like, no, they are, they are second, kind of secondary, right? They are part of the narrative as it goes on, but it is really more about playing as Muchacho Man and, um, uh, I'm forgetting the other person, the other character's name off the top of my head. Um, um Brick, oh Brick Logan. Brink Logan. Yes. <laughs> Brink our, Logan. Our, our, our snow boy. Um, yes. And his, uh, his moose brother cousin. Yes. Um, which, is, I mean, which I will say, I did like the idea that they portrayed this like wrestling world from two different angles, right? The, the idea of, you know, the person who's going in, you know, maybe a little bit naive, but with a love of wrestling, a love for the sport and everything that comes with it, who just wants to do uh, the best that they can, uh, combined then with the second story, which is much more about like a career wrestler, someone who understands that losing matches gets other people forward and is willing to make personal sacrifices to help the organization as a whole. Like it's it's this idea of kayfabe is something that you know wrestling fans will talk about a lot, um, but the idea that you know you have one character who you are following who is very much in on the industry and what these like reality, you know, what the reality of the industry is versus the, uh, the other uh, character who is just here to wrestle, who just loves the sport and believes that everything is still fair and reasonable and will actively interfere with what other characters are doing in order to push this authentic view of wrestling. Um, I, I thought it was a really fun um, balance, honestly, between the two. Did, did you enjoy switching back and forth, or did you find that you were um, missing out on some of the maybe the benefits you would get in one game that would then be taken away when you transition to the other? 
Man, swapping back and forth between the different the different characters and the different parties because it is a party system. Um, you know, I, I, I thought I would be okay with it. I thought I'd be used to it, um, mainly from playing Fire Emblem and Sacred Stones because that does happen in that game for quite a bit of it. Um, but it makes the game feel so choppy. It, is, it makes it feel so choppy and like just when it feels like you're starting to get the ball rolling in one story, all of a sudden they swing you over to the other side and now you're like trying to remember, okay, where was I? What was I doing over here? How strong is my character? You know, what, oh, what, what moves do I have? Oh, now I have to go back to the store and make sure all these characters are kitted out. Um, it, it does have this sort of like whiplash effect of, of going back and forth and back and forth. And, it, and it's not... It's not in a fun way where you're like, oh, well, one party did something and now that's impacting how the other party is doing something. For the most part, they are entirely separate stories, entirely separate campaigns, other than the fact they're like taking place in the same universe and eventually you think they're going to come together. Eventually you you kind of have this thought in your head of like where both sides are going and eventually it's going to come to a head, but there's no interaction early on. So it is this very like ping ponging of back and forth and back and forth and okay, do this thing. But then like while you're in the middle of doing that thing, oh, now you got to go do this other thing with this other group. And I, I it was very frustrating because I, I felt like I couldn't get into what was happening in the story. It's a momentum killer, honestly. And sure, they do a very cute thing where they present it as if it's a podcast and they're like, oh, but you know, while this story's happening, this other thing was happening. Isn't that worth paying attention to or, or being interesting or whatever else. And, you know, I, I think it's it's a cute moment, right? Uh, you know, as somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts, I, I understand what they're going for. But I agree. It just took the momentum out because, you know, you'd build a rhythm, right? You, you figure out the combination of abilities that make these characters work. And you wouldn't necessarily think to yourself, oh, I should, like, stop moving forward in the plot to grind a bit so that I can have these characters in a better spot when the next segment comes up and so you you'd have this weird transition right where if you were too efficient with one character you'd find yourself feeling so much weaker when you switched back and and that's just not fun it's not fun to have to feel like you're constantly resetting your progress depending on which save file you're going to and as you said, you, you really don't get a chance to immerse yourself as well as you would like. But you already mentioned earlier that you really enjoyed the, the soundtrack and the design um, and the wrestling part of it. I, I agree with you. I think that was the strongest bit here. How did you feel about the, the other mechanics, the other kind of ways in which the game has you interacting with the, the world and these characters beyond just the pure fight mechanics? Well... See, here's the thing, like the, the wrestling, I'm the wrestling is like the, the narrative, right? It, it, not even the narrative, but just like the, the setting, right? And the usage of wrestling is sort of this backdrop for this RPG game. I don't know if that necessarily includes the, the gameplay um, for the most part, because I, man, I, I didn't enjoy the gameplay. Um, I found it very boring, I found it very repetitive, and I found it very frustrating, um, in particularly some of, like, the puzzles, because I didn't feel like the puzzles, I didn't feel clever when I solved the puzzles, right? I just felt like this is a task 
I have to do. Uh, in particular, the, there were these like light, you know, spotlight puzzles and it was a timing thing, right? It wasn't like, oh, you have to like figure out the pattern. Like the pattern was blatant. It was very easy. It took you like 10 seconds to figure out. And now it's just like a timing thing. And there was one where I just like was stuck on it because I was just like a half a second too slow. And I'm like, it almost had me stop playing the game because that's not fun, right? It's not a challenge because the puzzle is difficult to solve. It's a challenge just because your timing has to be absolutely perfect. And like, fuck, I shouldn't be stuck in a spot because my timing isn't perfect to the frame. It's, it's, it just was frustrating. And a lot of the puzzles, it just felt like more dead weight. Right. It felt like more of a slog to get through them. And it didn't really like accomplish anything. Like I didn't feel smart that I solved them. I just kind of every time I came up to one, I was just like, oh, great. Another another two minutes of my life that I have to waste before I can continue on with this game. Uh, and then even then, like the gameplay, the actual like battles themselves were um boring They're i didn't feel certainly smart. repetitive yeah. yeah repetitive i and it's so frustrating right because it didn't have to be ultimately right like there are enough mechanics in jrpgs and I, i'm gonna point to uh a game i really like right cosmic star heroine um which is made by zeboid games who i think have done some really fun twists on like a modern jrpg style uh one thing that keep in mind is the game length which we'll get to in a second for WrestleQuest. but the second is like the the gameplay mechanics there's always new abilities to cipher in and out and different ways that abilities can interact based on the party that you build the wrestling in this game it is fun like the effects are fun and i i do like the flavor of it all but it is repetitive because you run into the same generic enemies over and over again as you're traversing from place to place. None of the, the combo abilities have a chance to really shine and feel special because you're constantly having to save your resources because you, you run out of action points pretty quickly until you level back up again without spending a lot of money to keep things going and so you're just using the same basic abilities over and over again to grind out these generic enemies and it it loses the fun it could have it is very fun when you're doing like story missions right when you're you're doing the the buck logan stuff and suddenly you are like having to meet very specific goals within a match in order to get the best possible outcome but even in those situations you are left susceptible to the ai um and one of my most frustrating moments with this game was the tag team in the jungle when you're playing as muchacho man and you are reliant in order to get the best possible score on knocking out one character before the other and i couldn't get that character to switch back in i just could not get them back in the match they refused to switch back in based on where their health level was and so it's like well shit i can't I can't beat the level. And no matter what I do, it does not seem possible for me to continue forward without losing all of the hype that I also need to maintain and get this character to switch in. So 
I don't know. That that certainly uh, added to the frustration there because it felt like even when things were being mixed up, it was being limited. Uh, was there any mechanic that did stick with you that you were like, this is something that I, I would like to see more games take on? Uh, I mean, the hype mechanic was kind of interesting how you interacted with that and how the, you know, different abilities would interact with it. Um, I did like how some abilities were, um, like locked by it, where if you didn't have a certain, like a high enough hype, you couldn't use a move. And I thought that was a great way to kind of artificially build the sort of tension that happens in matches, right? In actual wrestling, like a, a wrestler doesn't come out and immediately do their finisher, Right. They just don't like, uh, well, I guess unless it's a Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar match and then it's like only finishers, but Hey, whatever yeah. you have to, you have to build to something. And I think kind of locking some of the, the more impactful moves or even like the cooler, just looking moves behind that kind of hype meter and saying, Oh, you need to have 10 hype, 20 hype, whatever. Um, was really, really interesting. Um, beyond that, like the tag team moves were kind of interesting and in that you had to sacrifice a turn with you know one of the two like the correct character to prepare for that move and then utilize that move with another character uh it's quite funny the way i had brink and um the the moose built was that i kept trying to do the tag team but i didn't have enough of the ap on the moose to actually do the tag team move so brink would go to like prepare for the tag team and then i'd want to go do it and like i couldn't do it so i wasted a turn with brink yeah. To do nothing. And it was like, ah, that's, that's, and like, I kept doing it. Like, I kept making that same mistake over the course of the playthrough. And I'm like, I'm just an idiot. Like, I need yeah. to figure this out. Well, to be fair to you, it's kind of wild that it takes 10 action points with a limited economy, especially early in the game, to make a tag team combo happen that a lot of the times does not do more damage than if you just did two separate attacks. Like, there were some combos that you can do that looked cool, but even if you hit the inputs properly, two basic attacks would have done more damage if you, you picked the right archetype, which I, I found very frustrating. It's like, well, I, I, I guess these aren't worth the time and energy to spend on them, which is a shame, because it's like the one thing that's, that's interesting, really, about this, this combat style. Um... I, I think it's time, Walter. Can I, if you do not mind me going on my little rant here, can I explain when this game lost me? I, you absolutely can. Okay, because I, I will be honest, because there are multiple places in which it could have lost me, right? Um, I imagine you are, uh, like me, probably a little bit frustrated with the number of environmental puzzles that the game forces you to go through, in which... If you get caught out by a spotlight or are slightly out of position, you can take a ton of damage from, like, a random flame. Um, and Chase, I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea, huh? None of that ever affected yeah, your, your game Yeah, absolutely experience? not. No, of course mm -hmm. not. Absolutely not. There was no uh, mission at the Wasteland Wrestling Fortress in which you had to split your party into two different things and... Uh, you had to climb atop cars that you couldn't really tell instinctually were actually climbable, um, but required you to flip a whole bunch of different switches and things that just took a whole bunch of time and became very difficult if you ever got caught out a single time. That never came up. Interesting. You, you, you know, you know. Now that you mention it, I seem to remember there 
being cars you could climb on that had no indication you could climb on them. And I think I discovered I could climb on them by complete and total accident. Yeah. I, t- I I spent so much time frozen on that level before that got figured out. But somehow I powered through that, Walter. And somehow I got my way through uh, to about 10 hours in. And it was at this point that uh, during the Buck Logan side uh, of things, I got a quest. And the quest was to talk to a conspiracy theorist who said, oh, I can't tell you what's going on here. I need you to meet me back in your home ice territory. So it's like, okay, I guess instead of moving on with the story, I will go back to see what you have in mind. And so I had to go back through the uh, like toy soldier forest level, which has at least one mandatory match and, and almost certainly multiple, unless you pick the perfect route in which to maneuver through it. It just takes time. Uh, you then maneuver your way through, get back to the dock, get to the guy uh, who says he's going to talk to you there. But it turns out that going back to your hometown is not enough for him. He actually wants you to meet him at a different location within the Winter Kingdom. So you actually have to go back through a location that you've already been to to reach him. So you're going backtrack through that location. And those enemies are rather weak now. Like they don't level up when you level up. And so it's just a complete waste of time for which you make no experience whatsoever. But you battle your way through that one and go through the same puzzles you went through before. And God forbid you slip on the ice uh, and end up having to redo any of these sections because fuck you. Um, There's no saving your progress as an easy way to get to that location since you've already been there before. Um, Fast travel, hardly newer. Um, And so we get to the second location and they're like, okay, so I got this radio signal, and I actually need to go back to where we fucking were at the, the, the military world. And so then you have to go back through the place you just went through, and then back through the town to get back through the boat, to get back through the military land in which you have to fight those other mandatory fights, um, so that you can then go to the new location, at which point you talk to one person, uh, who is basically unveiled to be part of this conspiracy immediately. And the reward for doing all of that bullshit backtracking was an item I already had that dealt slightly more fire damage to foes if I equipped it to a wrestler that was already doing fire damage moves, which I'm not sure anybody at this point in the game was. And it was at that point, Walter, after all of that backtracking nonsense for a mediocre quest resolution for a prize that was absolutely fucking useless, that I messaged you and said, are we sure we need to finish this game? And I'm curious when you reached that breaking point, because, oh boy, did that one make me hate every single person who thought that that was necessary for a positive play experience. So here's the thing, Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing, right? Uh, I put 8.9 hours into this game. Just just about <laughs> nine hours. Yeah. And I am pretty sure that when you message, do we have to finish this game? I had just talked to the conspiracy per- theory person and I said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> we can talk about it next time. <laughs> 
So I would like to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for messaging me when you did and saving me that hour of my life that that apparently took. Oh my god. It really was a full hour of my life. I'm just never getting back. Whew. I mean... It's a shame, right? Because you can tell this developer cares about the game, right? Like, we, we can both agree this is not someone that was trying to cheaply cash in. If anything, I would argue that this game has way too much content. Um, I mean, like... Does it? How, or, or is the content just, like, copy-pasted and spread out really far? I mean, I'm trying to be nice, man. I You asked me in the pre-show to be nice, and I'm Here, trying. Here's, here's the nice thing, right? Here's the uh, nice thing. If we want to say, hey, let's let's give the good first, right? Let's give the... It is a, sure. it is a, it is a beautiful game in terms of the design aspects, right? To look at it, it's gorgeous. The, the moves, when you are doing the moves, they look cool. They look impactful. They look like actual wrestling moves. Right, the number of times where in my head I'm going, that's a hurricane rana. Oh, yep, I know what a splash is. Oh, that's a cutter. Oh, diamond cutter, chest, chest out, ch- shoulders back. You know the whole thing. Like, oh man, that's really cool. There is really interesting character design beyond just like the main characters, right? Just like across the board, there's some really interesting character design. There is really good music. Like, I'm not going to lie. The thing that kept me playing this was I played for like two hours. I'd be like, all right, I kind of need a break. I'd go do something else. I'd play some league. I'd do whatever. And then like, I'd be at work and I'd be like humming one of the themes. And I'd be like, man, I really wish I liked playing this game more, but I'll go play it for a couple hours. Just listen to music some more. The music is awesome. It is killer. And you can tell, like you said, this is a developer that, 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 had an idea they really loved and they put a lot of heart and a lot of soul into it the problem right that's all the good right that is all the good and i want to give them all the credit in the world for designing visually and musically and and coming up with a really really interesting concept right here's how you best sum up the problem of this game when you pin people you have to do a fucking like pong thing where you have to it's almost like it's a kicking mini game from a madden right you have to make sure that the the arrow touches the green box and you have to do that mini game every single fucking time you pin someone Mm -hmm. why why do i have to do that the game is not that hard it's not that difficult if you have any rhythm at all you can figure it out. Why? Why does it have to be there? Other than one, two, three, which is how you get a pin in wrestling. Why does it have to be there? Right? It, I, I don't get it. This isn't a simulation of a wrestling game, right? This is an RPG. Why is that there? Well, and here, here's the answer to you, Walter. It doesn't need to be there because they've added an update since we played it in which you auto-win all of the QTEs, including pinning your opponents. So, like, clearly, a lot of people were very fed up by that, and they decided to give us an auto-win button, which really comes to to ask the question, why did you build a gameplay system such that people would want to skip it whenever possible? And I'll tell you the answer, because I found this, this is a Polygon preview article that I found fascinating. 
And, and one of the developers uh, said, quote, the game content was informed more by a love of JRPGs and wrestling than it was for the best commercial plan. It's probably a game that could have been 30% of its final size and viable. But the reason that meant so many people worked on it for a couple of years was because of our larger goal. How we're measuring success is the commercial thing. It's probably the third or fourth goal. And when I read that, what I hear is we couldn't kill our our darlings, right? This is a constant phrase within like writing community. You have to kill your darlings. You, you can't keep everything as if it is all valuable, as if pacing doesn't exist. Every story, everything you're ever going to write, anything you're ever going to create is almost certainly better if you cut at least 30 to 40% of it. And if you recognize that your game could have been 30% of its length and been fine, you have added a lot of padding. And the padding that gets to me with these JRPGs is the stuff that was made originally with the genre because of limitations that no longer exist, right? Like, why does this game have so much backtracking? Well, it has this much backtracking because back in the day when you played a game like Chrono Trigger, you backtracked a lot through all these different lands in order to encounter different versions of these settings and in order to encounter different plot goals. But the reason they kept going back through the same locations is because the SNES had the file size of a cabbage, right? Like, it's just, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of space. You didn't have the ability to create these crazy large locations that were constantly flowing from place to place. You had to go back because there's only so much you could fit on a cartridge. You don't have that problem anymore. If you're making what is apparently a 30 to 50 hour game, according to the reviews that I have seen, you don't have to go back. You don't have to live in a world in which fast travel doesn't exist. You've built these flaws because you have a nostalgia for that kind of game and you haven't thought about how people who want to play a modern experience like we've we've improved from that you know like we we have the technology to not deal with these limitations it's not a plus for the game design because they thought that was the best way to do the game and i i feel like these devs you know i I don't want to be mean and I, I don't want to single out like there's a reason I just said a dev, right? I, I don't want to pick anybody individually apart. But this is a great example of just not understanding that your game is not better because it has more stuff. Your game is not better because you have insider references that make you happy. The game is better because you understand the technology available to you and how it suits the player experience. And I, I think it says a lot that one of the first patches this game has made, one of the first major updates, was removing the entire way the battle system works, right? If you have to give your, your audience an auto-win feature for them to be able to enjoy it, you probably didn't make a very captivating battle system, right? It is the 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 biggest compliment and the worst condemnation I can give this game is it feels like it belongs on the SNES. 
And I say this as someone that I have no attachments to the Super Mario RPG or to Chrono Trigger or to any of these things that Chase has brought up is kind of what the homage they're playing at as is, right? I have no connection to those games. I didn't play this game because I was like, oh, cool, I want to play Chrono Trigger. I have no idea what a Chrono Trigger is. I played this because I was like, oh, cool, it's wrestling. And one, originally my first interpretation of it was like, oh, wrestling RPG, I get to like make a wrestler. And and from the very first moment, it's like, no, 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 you're playing as Muchacho Man. I was like, oh, okay, like that could be cool. And like, it could be cool. There is ideas here, right? There is thoughts here that I go like, I can get behind that. It's just a shame that the gameplay is so fucking garbage. And again, I feel bad saying that because I don't want to like hurt these developers' feelings because this is clearly how they wanted the game to be. Uh, you know, not even know, like I didn't even know that they had did an interview or anything like that. I tend not to read reviews before I play it or do the reviews myself, right? I can see how adding, you know, specific things you need to do in like the the tag team matches, right? Like there's one where you're fighting these two old military wrestling guys and it's a tag team match. You're playing as Brink and, and, and the Moose. Again, I forget his name, which is annoying me. Stag, um, Stag, Stag, Logan. Stag, Stag Logan, right? And one of the things is like, you're supposed to let them, you're supposed to take one of them out, but you're supposed to like, let them not like get out of a pin. And then you're supposed to let them hit their wrestling move, hit their finisher. But you also have to like, let the hype drop down to a certain level. And then you have to like, get it back. And it's like, cool. I like having like optional objectives. Oh wait, it's not optional. I absolutely have to do it. Okay, like, I think I can make it work. The problem is, is that my character, everything I was doing was so fucking strong that I couldn't get the, the, the computer to get the hype down low enough. So I had to just start eating items. I had to start wasting my entire turn just healing my character that was at full health. And that was the only way I could get the PCs to the 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 uh, PC characters to work with me and hit that objective that I absolutely had to do to then move on to the ending, which the ending of that match is fucking dope, right? One of the old guys gets hurt and can't hit their finisher, so Brink does what any fucking good hand would do. He, Irish whips him into the, the ropes so that the guy can get enough momentum to actually do the finisher and then, like, win the match like they're supposed to and go through with it. And it's like, wow, that is so dedicated to like how wrestling actually works and how sometimes you have to like work on the fly. Like there's a very famous story of Chris Jericho and Neville. He goes by Pac in, um, in AEW where Pac and Neville or where Neville and Jericho are fighting and Pac does like a baseball slide and breaks his ankle, right? Can't stand, can't do anything. Jericho goes to pin him and because Neville's like fucking in pain and like trying to grab at his ankle because he's hurt, his shoulder isn't down and the referee doesn't count it. He counts two and goes, oh, his shoulder's up. And Jericho is like, are, are you fucking kidding me, you idiot? Like the dude has a broken ankle. We told you this. You have to count him out. But the referee has to maintain kayfabe. The shoulder comes up. I have to count it. So Chris Jericho just like shoves the referee and gets disqualified. And that's how they end the match. 
That's not how it was supposed to end. And Jericho's in interviews has said afterwards, he fucking screamed at that referee and like Vince McMahon had to talk him off a ledge because he was so furious that this referee couldn't like, couldn't see that the dude was injured and protect the other wrestler, which is something you have to do in wrestling is protect your, protect your opponents. And like, that's here, right? That's here doing something on the fly to make sure that the guys, the old timers get their day in the sun, right? Like that is so beautiful. It just sucks. It took me 45 minutes of eating health potions to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, right? It's, it's, there's a difficulty curve that I found really frustrating to watch play out. And it's specifically to me, the moment I, I gave up on the game, it wasn't even after that side quest, because at that point you hadn't said that we were done with the game. And so I was trying to push forward. And so I went to the next Buck Logan region and uh, our luchador friend, it turns out their eight kids had been caught up in a stampede and we had to go save them. And it turns out, <laughs> perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, that these new opponents were a lot harder than the previous ones. And I found myself burning through items just to be the first battle. And there were going to be a lot more of them to save eight kids. And it was at that point that I'm like, I, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't care anymore. Um, I feel like I should care. Um, I feel bad that I don't care. Um, but like, it, it's, it's too much. It's too much, man. I, I, I quite literally cannot bring myself to re grind through all of these tough battles just to make it through to another segment. That'll probably have me going through some backtracking or have these four stealth sections that slunk me into some bad battles if I dare to get caught by a very finicky spotlight system. And it sucks. Like, I, I don't like being as harsh towards the game as I, I think we've both ended up being here because it was clearly a labor of love. But I think ultimately that was the biggest problem with the game is that it was made by people who loved the game so much that they never cut back. They never thought about what the experience would be for people who weren't inherently in love with what they had to build. And, you know, it's, I'm sure the people who love this game, who really got into it and who, for whom none of these backtracking or, or the difficulty curve or the, um, you know, finicky kind of requirements to get the perfect match ending. I can see people who would end up loving this game. Uh, you know, what I ended up enjoying the most, and I, I'm not even sure if you saw this. Um, did you do the Andre the Giant quest? I, I did, actually. I got Andre. Yeah, that was the one good one, right? Um, I mean, it was definitely, like, interesting, and I found, again, like, the environmental puzzle a little bit frustrating, but then once I, like, once I figured it out and realized I had missed a section of the cave... Then I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. And it was funny. Like, it was funny. It's just in general funny. It was funny. It was self-contained to a single segment, which means I didn't have any backtracking. Um, the reward was something unique and interesting and not just an item I already had or could easily buy at a store. Like, that's when the game shines. When the game remembers that it's about connecting with these wrestlers that everyone has an affection for and and build something that is 
wholly unique to its setting. It's it's just all the rest of it. It's tough. It's tough, man. And so, I, I mean, I have to ask because I think we're at the end here. Would you recommend this game? I think the only way I can recommend it is if you have a very fond memory of playing something like Chrono Trigger or Super Mario RPG. Um, If you don't, or you don't like those kind of like JRPG, uh, um, like turn-based kind of games, you're not going to like it. You're not going to fun. It becomes busy work. Which, again, as I say for the umpteenth time, it's like, it's so fucking disappointing because I see the love, I see the care, I see everything, the ideas, right? I see the the drawing board of what they were trying to accomplish. And as a wrestling fan, I am so happy and um, enthusiastic that they were so enthusiastic and kind and loving to the source material. Um it's just a shame the gameplay sucks ass. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think I, I mean, ultimately, I can't recommend this either. I, I think that uh, for everything that the gameplay does right in terms of its pure wrestling mechanics, it does wrong with its overworld and quest design and all of these other things that make a game click. It's it's really a shame and frustrating, um, and I wanted to like it. And I think a lot of the positive uh, reviews that I'm seeing on Steam are people who didn't get as far as you and I did. Um, and I think that it's very easy to get lulled in early on, and with the like framing and love for the world, uh, and it's just something that really wears you down over time. Um, but here's my recommendation, right? If if you like classic JRPGs and the flaws that I pointed to are things that don't necessarily hurt you, there are still better games out there that are evoking that theme. For for the same $30 for which you can get WrestleQuest, you can get Cosmic Star Heroine, uh, This Way Madness Lies, uh, and uh, Cthulhu Saves the World, which are three different JRPG-style games made by Zeboid Games that evoke the same Chrono Trigger-esque combat system, but do it in a way that's more dynamic, it's more interesting, that has a lot less backtracking, and has just as much of a sense of humor and love for the world that it's built. It's not... It doesn't have to be an either-or. It's, it's made into one because the devs in this case could not get past their love of certain elements of this game to look at it with a critical eye and make some choices about what would actually lead to the best experience. And it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, but you know what, Walter? It's not a shame that we played this together because I think this this episode has, gone, uh, has been a lot of fun. And I think it's a really interesting diversion from how we typically do things. Though next time, uh, the next time we come back with Steam Cleaners, we are playing different things again. This Playing the same game era is over, uh, so we'll get to, to learn from, from each other's choices and, and have some more things on the horizon. But until then, where can the nice people at home find you, buddy? You guys can, can find me playing a game with robots and explosions and booms and fire and explosions. Because um, while I love indie games, I'm a little sick of the fucking indie game crap. 
I'm a little worn out on it, and uh, there's been some AAA games um, that I have not played or uh, or am ve- have been very excited to try and play. Uh, so we're going to get back into my wheelhouse and, and leave the indie games to chase for a little while. Um, as always, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL on Twitter or at C80s.bsky.social. I still have posted absolutely nothing on that site. <laughs> uh, you can follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod on Twitter. I promise I will get it up there on Blue Sky as well at some point here. Uh, and as always, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice, either on the independent Steam Cleaners feed and Final Cut feeds where we talk about movies or on the combined Rough Drafts podcast feed. Absolutely. You can find me at Chase Wassenaar on, on Twitter or Chase.Wassenaar at uh, Blue Sky Social. Um, I, I tweet, I, I, I post slightly more on Blue Sky than I think Walter does, but um, obviously I just want to hear from y'all. If you've, have you tried WrestleQuest? Do you have a game like WrestleQuest that you... Uh, believe uh, more hits what we are looking for avoid some of the pitfalls here uh, we'd love to hear about it um, and and we'll be back in two weeks uh, to talk about by that point um, I think the first world's games will have happened uh, we'll have some new games on the horizon so uh, you definitely won't want to miss it until then goodbye internet